Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester. Arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch, from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello and welcome to Worcester Culture Watch. I'm Victor Infante, entertainment editor for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette and the content editor for Worcester Magazine and the ninja editor for Bay State Parent. I don't know. I'm going to have another title (laughs) next week, I'm sure. Um, Welcome to the beautiful and glorious age of media consolidation. Right. (laughs) I am here in the makeshift studio with Bill Shainer, reporter for Worcester Magazine. Hi, Bill. Hi, hi. How are you? Good. Um, We are actually sharing this studio with the photo department studio. So this is the smallest mixed-use space, I think, in the city. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it, it fits right in with the whole you know media consolidation talk. Definitely you know, we've consolidated the uh, the uh, podcast studio. But which yeah, is fine. and but you know as I think we said last week, it's what you do with it that ultimately that counts. That's what the reader counts to the readers. Yeah, and I got to say with the last two issues of Worcester Magazine. I know I'm biased, but I think we've done pretty good with them. <laughs> No, I know. I think they've been very strong issues. And, uh, you know, we've been handling the the transition better than I thought we would, which is nice. Yeah. And we haven't had, we were anticipating uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of flubs and uh, there's limited flubs. So I'm happy about that. There is, there have been growing pains and there have been bumps and bruises along the way. But I, I think ultimately when you're working with good people and I am in that case, I am referring specifically to the people that work at Worcester magazine and work at the Telegram and Gazette. We're, we'll leave out the, corporate <laughs> world up beyond <laughs> right, that right. we're talking this particular newsroom well yeah um, i mean yeah you know this you're is, working with this is our product not theirs anyway exactly yeah. and and to their credit nobody actually comes in and tells us <laughs> to do anything yeah right right yeah so there is that which is nice so um, just like a landlord yeah pretty much but um but no uh, you know we have done a, you know, the people, the people that have worked on these two issues. I really, I, I cannot sing their praises high enough. The freelancers have stepped up. The, you know, everybody has done a great job. And for all those who thought there was going to be no substance and and only arts in Worcester Magazine from all from here on out, um, yeah, I would point you to this week's cover story. Uh, a very substantive and sort of uh, critical take on the way that. Uh, uh, recreational marijuana has been handled in Worcester. Definitely. I, I think that that's uh, something that, you know, there's been a lot of reporting surface level on the issue. And, you know, that the city is going to get pot shops and this is the first pot shop. But there hasn't been much reporting on, you know, policy. And I really like that this cover story, which is a, a collaboration with the Boston Institute of Nonprofit Journalism, uh, really sort of digs into that element of it. And uh, I think that for people who are interested in this new industry and interested in the way that um you know like weed culture is going to get legalized then this is this is a story for them yeah and i think what's really interesting and um the reporter that wrote this carolyn broderick Mm -hmm. broderick 
Um, she really strikes that the people that have succeeded are the ones that that have been clever. Right. They they have really looked at the system and and worked out how they how to move forward and not just depended on anybody to help them. Right. Right. Because it's. I mean, I was thinking about this as I was reading the story again this morning. It's really easy to open a bar. Yeah. And bars are really dangerous when you get right down to it. Right, right. Um, yeah, because, I, I mean, I love that they make the case that you either have to be smart or loaded. Yes. And in Massachusetts, it's mostly just people who are loaded who are coming in with, like, venture capital money mm-hmm. from Colorado or wherever. They've already made their fortune off of it, and now they're, like, just expanding their empire, basically. And for people who are trying to do it, uh, you know, in any sort of entrepreneurial way, man, <laughs> I would, I would be, I would not be uh, enthusiastic about um, about pursuing it. It's just tough. No, yeah. and you know, you know, um, the Summit Lounge and Calmoon and the people involved with that were clever. Right, they found a, they found a way in that was different than <laughs> yeah. most people were expecting. Yeah, and that's actually been kind of a boon to the city. That place, I right? Mean, there's yeah. been a great comedy show coming out of there, mm-hmm. and some you know some other great things. I mean, it's, it's got a following. When I was when that happened, I was much more of a city hall beat reporter mm-hmm. than I am now with this with this new uh, Worcester magazine. And watching the way that he, I'll use the word trolled. <laughs> the city hall like they were all so irate that he just pulled a fast one on him but he like he did it smart and like like it, it was literally just like a their their regulations said like um uh you know a private smoking lounge but it didn't say what you were smoking so he was like yeah i'm opening a private smoking lounge <laughs> that's i thought it was hilarious <laughs> at the time and I, yeah. you know and i'm actually glad he succeeded if i had the one person in this story I actually want to know more about, and, and you know, she's, there's plenty in here, but um, the prospective owner of New Dia, a potential recreational dispensary in South Worcester, um, right. Ross Bradshaw, I thought he was fascinating, and I think I'm looking forward to seeing his story unfold a bit more. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see whether or not this story will put a bug in anybody's head in City Hall that this 15 shop cap is not in the city's best interest. Mm, I, I think, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, they have a small C conservative streak. They are fair. I mean, and that's yeah. normal in midsize city politicians. Right. Right. Um, that, that's not, I wouldn't say they're exceptional in any manner on yeah. that. They're more concerned about where they're going. Like the, cause, cause uh, the, I guess that, they're they're probably all promising their more conservative um, uh, uh, constituents that you know we're going to make sure that we don't get all the pot shops in in District Five or in District Three or in District One. Um, so I think that as long as you can make the case that they won't get any more than anywhere else in the city, they'll be fine with it. Yes, but I have enjoyed I have enjoyed seeing middle class folks of my acquaintance who going oh i'm going my way to good chemistry <laughs> yeah right right it's just become natural <laughs> yeah right but okay we others uh, also a couple other things in this story your wisteria column oh with yeah the great revelation that Pawtucket uh, is the new miami beach <laughs> oh man i i just love uh like wisteria is the perfect space to discuss the like the sort of 
the way that Worcester gets treated in the wider media. Uh, and this wasn't the Boston Globe's fault. If I was the reporter, I would have printed this quote a million times over. <laughs> but they sent a reporter down to Pawtucket and uh, to on the occasion of the Woo Sox groundbreaking to ask the the Pawtucket Red Sox fans how they feel about it. And one guy, so salty, so bitter, he goes, uh, Pawtucket is like Miami Beach compared to Worcester, which is just the best quote ever. It really is. <laughs> now, having you know, being familiar with the greater Providence area and Pawtucket, not, you know, haven't spent a whole lot of time there. I've only maybe once, but I found that people from Pawtucket don't drive this far away very often. (laughs) No, no. I have a friend whose mother-in-law, she, she moved from North Providence to, I believe North Providence to Worcester, which isn't that far of a drive. It's like 40 minutes. Yeah. And (laughs) she, you know, she'd go back to visit and her relatives would be like, oh, are you spending the night? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's more than 15 minutes away. I don't know. You should get a hotel. I, yeah. I've always loved that about Rhode Island. So, yeah. So, I can That's see. That's funny. I wonder what he has in his brain when he thinks about Worcester. I don't probably know. looks like Fritz the Cat or something. I know. He probably has yeah. not been here in a long, long time. Yeah, right, right. And I just I just love, uh, like, what... What? Why Miami Beach? Like, it's not like he was like the south of France or like Paris or something like that. He chose something that neither of them are. <laughs> Pawtucket is no more like Miami Beach than Worcester is. It is in one way, which is How? I it's live- landlocked. It's a triple decker city. <laughs> yeah. I, I lived in Fort La- or Pompano Beach when I was a kid. Yeah, Bre- very briefly. And the one way it is in that Pawtucket and Miami are similar is that they are both unlivable. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There we go. There and go. I, I think uh, the rest of that column is just city, the, the usual city politics, you know. Yeah, if, so, you, if you know it, you know it. No, I think the rundown actually on how much money people are making, that's, you know, that's a fact that's... It doesn't really get run. reported, and it's interesting because... Yeah. The fact that Mo Bergman is outraising everybody right now by almost threefold is significant. It's, I think that's really significant. It's, it's it might just be a weird quirk of like they have to report every couple of weeks, so it's possible that this was just a good week for him. But it is interesting. So we're we're gonna see. I mean, it's an interesting race this year. There's like twenty twenty candidates. So and Gary Rosen with his sixty four bucks. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I love it. Yeah, he'll probably win too. Yep. <laughs> but all right. And last thing I wanted to go over in this issue before we go some, touch on some of the art stuff. Yeah. Um, the um, Worcester Skate Camp. Yeah, the skate camp uh, as part of Rec Worcester uh, is was really cool. I went over there on Tuesday for the first day, and there were like um, there were probably about twenty, thirty kids. They actually like ran out of skateboards and helmets for kids so they wow. had to break the day up i know when i talked to them earlier they were like nervous that anybody was going to come out but as soon as they saw that they were skateboarding all the kids were lining up like "Ooh, i want to try i want to try so uh it was um it was really really cool it was probably five or six volunteers who were just like going back and forth with everybody in the beaver uh beaver brook uh what is it like the ice hockey rink yeah it's an ice, yeah, hockey, ice rink. hockey rink and uh or a street hockey rink, rather. Yeah. And um, they were just, like, helping them, like, skate. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, you got to put your front forward, front front foot sideways and push with your back foot and all this really basic stuff. And they were, like, holding their hands, like little eight-year-olds as they're trying to, like, push off for the first time. A lot of little kids falling. Um, but they're going to do this for four weeks, twice a week. 
And uh, by the end of it, they'll probably get a, a lot of these kids like interested in, in skating as a hobby. So yeah. that's sort of the goal. And if you if you haven't done so yet, look at the photo gallery on telegram.com. I think it's also on WorcesterMag.com now. Yeah. Um, just um, mostly photos by Ashley Green, a couple by you. Mm-hmm. But um, the photos are just adorable yeah i mean absolutely adorable. i remember when i was there i was like you gotta get a photographer over here it's photo gold like they're just like so cute just kids like uh i mean i mean kids trying to skateboard and getting helped i mean it's just like it's perfect i had i had i think i've owned three skateboards in my when i was younger and yeah. i was terrible at it oh I, me too i kept yeah. thinking that buying a new skateboard would solve the problem and it didn't yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I never, I never got past the uh, entry level. Yeah. I, I was like, I would like try to ollie and couldn't, and I'd just be like, whatever. I'll yeah, no, else. no, that didn't work. <laughs> I, I was, I had the same problem surfing. To tell the truth, I was, yeah. I, I could never do it. Yeah. Oh, God. Also, um, that being said, you know, there was this weird concern, and I kind of want to break down this concern a little bit. Mm-hmm. Worcester Magazine's only going to be covering the arts, and my first response is well we're going to be covering the arts yeah we've always been covering and the we arts. always have been covering the arts right um yeah. i they i i don't so much object to the idea that worcester magazine would be doing it exclusively even though that was unfounded right i i do dislike the derisiveness some people held that in yeah i i well, I mean, people are just nasty. Well, they are. On social media. There's a few I expected a little better of. Yeah, right. But I think that, like, obviously, and we've made no bones about it, this new direction is, like, the the result of, like, uh, a, a change that had to be made mm-hmm. because of reasons outside of our control. So exactly. now that we're more a product of the telegram, it, it doesn't make sense for us to be competing with news stories like uh, my my story uh, on the city council meeting is more often than not very similar to the one you're going to read from Nick Sopolis. So exactly. Like, what are we? What are we doing? Yeah. So I think that given our resources, it makes much more sense to um, make sure that we're we're sticking uh, to to the more of the city life and city culture side of things. But I think these past couple issues have proved that that doesn't mean it's not substantive. Well, I think people have a very binary idea of what culture is. Right. Yeah, culture yeah. is something other than politics. Culture is something separate from themselves. Right, right. And they don't realize always that always, you know, some, a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't understand that culture is actually something they're sinking, they're floating in. Right. You know, it's all of the forces that that shape how we go about our day. Right. And I think that this cover story is a really perfect example about how we're going to continue to cover issues relevant to Worcester. Just, you know, this is Kyle Moon's perspective. It's not Connie Lukes's perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Telegram will get Connie Lukes's perspective. I don't think we need to really... It, we're, we're coming at it from a different angle, as we should be. Yeah, and I do. I like the idea. I like the idea of having the room and the ability to tell people's stories within these forces that shape the city within right, the, within right. the polit- political waves and such. Yeah, and, and certainly that, not ignoring it. I mean, God no. Um, and I don't think that we're losing much of a much of teeth or anything like that. I think that those people who are making 
those uh, those claims are kind of like reading the headline and not the story. Well, that is yeah. that is the way of the internet these <laughs> yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but and I would I would say that if that's your opinion, then you know, um, you should just read the paper. I I I, I hope they do. Yeah. I hope they do. And the last rumor I'm very happy to put to bed is the weird idea that we have fired Janice Harvey. Oh, that went kind of crazy. <laughs> Janice Harvey. For as long as I can remember, she used to be weekly, I think, but she's been every other week for ages now. She's been every other week as long as I can remember reading Western Magazine. So, so in all of the build-up to this, we always noted that Janice was going to be one of the, <laughs> you know, her her column would be continuing in it. Yes. And then when the first new WOMAG showed up last week, there was a small freakout that Janice wasn't in it. <laughs> and I'm like, but she was in the week before. And we even in the editorial mention her name that she's still writing for yeah, it. Yeah. Oh goodness. Still gracious. in the masthead if I'm if she's I'm not still mistaken. in the masthead, you know. Yeah, that's just the kind of um you know, you really can't expect people to like read. You know, that, <laughs> at the at the end of the day, like I was trying to put a put that in a in a more nuanced way, but, but like no. look, literally they probably saw one comment that was like, Where's Janice? And then like the conspiratorial Facebook brain just starts firing and then it becomes a hive mind and uh, it's a, it's amazing. Yeah. It really is. Watching it in action is is spectacular. Well, Janice Harvey is here as long as she wants to be here, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Um, she is she is talking about Stephen Miller in her column. So yeah, there's still politics in there. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Um, Richard Duckett has a wonderful story about a Worcester woman who's in the National Touring Company of Evan Hansen. I'm going to be talking to him in a little bit, so maybe we'll pick his brain about that a little. Right. And um, yeah, that was got, a good one. Yeah, and I've got a review of Carlos Odria's new CD, El Rio. It is. Gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I find writing about all instrumental albums so hard. Yeah, so right. hard <laughs> uh, because like the lyrics are so much easier to write about than the music. Indeed. Yeah, I've I've always run into that problem whenever I've done music. Is like writing about the music. Like music is just something that you don't really need to write about <laughs> it's you like, do you need to make i i i mean i've been reviewing off and on for 20 something years yeah and it's i i think you need the the writer needs to make the music viscera convey the feeling of the album of the whatever the or whatever it is they're oh, reviewing for sure yeah and but from a writing perspective, you can break up your thought by introducing lyrics mm -hmm. because lyrics are a voice that is not your own. Right, right. It's just right. like writing a news story. It's like, okay, I've been describing things for three paragraphs. Now I should really put a quote in here now. Right, right, right. I can't really do that with an instrumental album. Uh, <laughs> True. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just put the sheet music in. I don't know, but but Carlos <laughs> Adria is he's one of the most talented musicians in Worcester. He really is he has been. I don't think just. I've ever had the fortune of seeing him. I'll, I'll have to look for for when he plays. Yeah, he's got a. He'll be at Nick's on July twenty seventh with um, the Nick, Carlos Adria Trio. That's the official um, album release for this for El Rio. Um, plus, he's just always around, and he's all, usually can, at big festivals like Start on the Street and stuff too. Cool, cool. So that is the new Womag. It right. is. It is issue been, two. Issue two. In we have bag. survived two of these. I know. 
So third time is either the charm or we go down in smoke. No, I don't know. No. <laughs> I, think, I think third time will be the charm. We'll see, though. Excellent. Well, thanks for coming in. No problem. Um, I'll be on again in just a second with Richard Duckett. But in the meantime, this is a song by Worcester rock band Thinner. Why should I pretend when I don't like to? You have been listening to the song Ride the High, the Low by Thinner that you can usually find them playing around town every well, four or five months. They don't seem to do as, that, as many gigs as I would want them to, but, you know, still one of the best rock bands in town. Anyways, I'm here now with entertainment reporter Richard Duckett. Hi, Richard. Hello, Victor. How are we handling the schizophrenia between Worcester Magazine and <laughs> the Telegram and Gazette? <laughs> I think it's working out very well so far. I think so. I think so. I think we're having fun, if nothing else. All right. You have got a wonderful story in today's Worcester Magazine. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Jessica Phillips, who's a graduate of Worcester Academy and grew up around here in Auburn and later in East Douglas, gone on to establish a very successful career in musical theater and acting. And she's currently in the national tour of Dear Evan Hansen, which is in Boston at the moment. Um, Dear Evan Hansen has really been a blockbuster successful musical Indeed. Uh, since it uh, opened. It, it, it won Tony's in 2017. Uh, it's still on Broadway, and the national tour has been packing them in, them in everywhere it goes. Wow. So that's a being on that tour is quite an accomplishment. Yes, it is. It's... Uh, 
It's a musical that resonates with a lot of teenagers. Um, Evan Hansen is a teenager, so suffering from social anxiety, and the musical touch, touches on on themes such as uh, suicide and um, and really social media and how to cope with it with sudden sudden success that you don't really deserve and uh, and everything like that and uh, Evan Hansen's mother is played by uh, Jessica Phillips uh, in, in the national tour and it's an important role definitely now I that's playing again at Citizens Bank Opera House in Boston and you can catch that until through August 4th right yeah excellent well, I'm looking. Hopefully, I can get a chance to catch it. I have yet to actually see this play, and I, I really like. I really like what I've seen of it and heard of it. Yeah, unless you um, have been able to get down to New York, um, this yeah. is the closest it's come here so far. Yeah, and I will admit, I'm always notoriously bad at being able to make even Broadway touring companies when they come to the Hanover. <laughs> I try. Okay, but also coming up here in the near future is some news from Worcester or Music Worcester. Yes, well, Music Worcester has announced its 2019-20 uh, season. Now, this comes off of um, the previous season, which was Music Worcester's 160th. Wow. <laughs> and that was a very ambitious season. Uh, included um, uh, things like uh, Maria Callas and concert, uh, <laughs> even though she passed away a few years ago. Uh, that, that was a hologram uh, show at the Hanover Theatre. Uh, it had Simone Dynastine as its first artist in residence, mm-hmm. um, uh, pianist in New York, um, symphony orchestras, Yo-Yo Ma appearing twice at Mechanics Hall in April. So it was an ambitious season and apparently a very successful one. And doesn't look like uh, doesn't look like Worcester music music Worcester is going to be. Um, Sitting back uh, and, and relaxing, uh, the uh, the new season looks looks ambitious as well, and uh, it kicks off on uh, October the second with uh, Audra McDonald, um, six-time Tony Award winner, which is amazing. And has a uh, gorgeous voice, gorgeous voice, great voice, and she'll be doing a show. Uh, with a musical trio, which will be centered around the um, around Broadway mu- music and, and the Great American Songbook, so Excellent. so that sounds like it should be a great way to to start a season. Um, then it includes uh, symphony orchestras from Melbourne, Ukraine, and Siberia. That's quite uh, excellent. Uh, with guest artists, including guest soloists, I mean, including Garrick, Garrick Olson, pianist, who actually got his start in Worcester many years ago, um, performing with what is now the Massachusetts Symphony Orchestra. Um, the Dance Theatre of Carlham will be here November 15th. Uh, Winton Marsalis will be returning in January. Um, uh, another orchestra that's very interesting is uh, the Shinnecke, I hope that I'm pronouncing that correctly, orchestra from London, England. Now, this is what they call in England a BME orchestra, which... In England, uh, is a term for black and minority ethnic. In okay. fact, it's the uh, first European orchestra of its kind. Oh, and, uh, interesting. And they'll, they'll be at Mechanics Hall in April. Uh, the Worcester Chorus has, has a full program. Um, a newsworthy note is that uh, 
the Worcester Chorus has hired an insistent conductor, Mark Mummett, who, um, since he came to Worcester in 2016, has been very active. He's a cantor of Trinity Lutheran Church. Yeah, he's formed um, a choral group called Diamonds from the Dust. Um, That's right who have put on some very well-received uh, concerts. And uh, now he's going to be uh, assistant uh, assistant conductor to Chris Shepard. Um, so that'll be an interesting note to follow. And another newsworthy thing about the uh, Music Worcester schedule is that um, pianist uh, Inner... I'm, again, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, she's a, she's an excellent pianist from the Ukraine. She's booked for a concert on March 11th, and where she's booked is the um, Worcester Black Box Theatre, uh, which uh, hasn't. Uh, there's been no announcement that um, it, the Black Box Theatre. Uh, is going to open or has officially or has opened or when it will officially open. But uh, that's an encouraging sign that uh, on the schedule for March 11th, uh, there it is. Well, let's hope. Fingers crossed. I mean, otherwise, I suppose we'll just be packing people into the pop-up. <laughs> well, it's nearby. So, <laughs> yeah. So they'll have to take her, uh, move the piano uh, up the stairs or something. Oh, goodness. Or down the stairs, I should say. But uh, anyway, um so it's uh it's a full full season and um um Adrian Finley the music Worcester executive director says he can't wait to see it get started. Well, I got to say I'm actually really impressed. This is, you know, yet another really impressive lineup of musicians and I mean in rec- I think you know I'll, I will speak for a lot of listeners out there where they might not always recognize the names on a bill. On a, on a music Worcester program forever. There's just names that people will recognize, and these are these are concepts that people will recognize in some cases. So that's that's the, whenever there's a few of those, you know, that's you can tell why the people get excited about it. You know, especially somebody like Audra McDonald, who of course has had many, many, many TV appearances, and is somebody who's recognizable very much. So that's that's exciting. I'm always excited to see people like that here. Yes, yes, they've been um, diversifying their uh, offerings more uh, the last few years. Um, um, they've had more more um, jazz artists like um, Wynton Marsalis. In fact, uh, his brother uh, opened Branford Marsalis opened the previous season. Indeed, um, there's more dance here than uh, they, they used to have, and um, and. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think the diversity has proved um, to be a successful draw. Definitely, definitely. Well, there we go. I think. Anything else you want to share with us here today? Well, I think that's enough for now. I uh, think. All right. In that case, this has been Worcester Culture Watch. As always, our theme music was composed by DJ Manipulator. Please listen. If you like what you've heard, please follow our entertainment coverage on telegram.com, worcestermag.com, or in the pages of the Telegram and Gazette and Worcester Magazine. That's way too many things to have to say now at the end of this. I'm just going to find some way to condense this. Anyways, hopefully we'll see you next week. Thank you and good night.
just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.